Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It is your Caped Crusader, Cody. We are keeping it geekly with our brand new friend, Lori Cunningham of ASAP Imagination. Uh, Lori, welcome to the stream. How are you doing? You are not only a writer for ASAP, but also the editor in chief. That is, that's awesome. How did you end up uh, coming uh, into, uh, into the ASAP Imagination label? Um, so when I first started writing, like I haven't actually been doing it too long. Um, I basically joined Twitter and it was actually part of, I was taking these kind of creative writing courses just for fun. And one of the assignments was actually to join Twitter and start an author platform, which I was hugely resistant to. Like I barely had Facebook at the time. Like Hoka had more social media that I'm not really interested in. And then it was just kind of, I met a whole bunch of people online and a whole bunch of friends. And I guess I'd been dabbling in writing, but once you kind of tell people you're a writer, you kind of like, oh damn, I better actually start writing. <laughs> so then I started like working on some novels and I they weren't really working for me. I think I have a bit of a scattered brain where I kind of joke, I'm really good at writing the first 10,000 words. And then from there, I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> like, I don't know where to go from there. So then I kind of started writing short stories. And then at the start, I was writing more fantasy. And then I kind of started connecting with more of the horror community. Like I was writing dark fantasy. So it was like mm -hmm. a natural kind of slide over. And then, yes, yeah, so I started writing short stories. And then I ran across Hades, which is the, who's the founder of ASAP Imagination. And we were just chatting and we we're just goofing around with like gifts or something. And like, and then we kind of just <laughs> like ended up in, ended up in the DMs and stuff. And we were basically kind of like, we're just like, hey, you know what? Like you seem to kind of have like good kind of vibe together. Like maybe it'd be fun to do a project with. And at the time, like I was trying to do my own stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. And we kind of just kept mm -hmm. in contact and he was doing his nine to five job at the time. And then um, just as things go, like he ended up leaving that job and it was the pandemic. So it kind of ended up being this perfect time for him to start a comic book company. And I was still very adjacent on the side and I had had a new baby somewhere around there. I think it was before he quit his before he had, or before he quit his job. And then I was wasn't I was trying to write and it was hard and I was had some postpartum depression. Baby monkey wrenches and everything, right? Yeah, yeah, it was really hard. And I was basically like, uh, my brain was just mush, <laughs> and I was like wanted to do something, but it just wasn't working. And then it was around when my daughter was almost a year. And he was like legit starting to, he had set up his comic book company and he's just, and we had talked, like I said, we talked about doing this project together and we kind of talked about doing these short stories centered around one event. And he's just like, oh, well in my comic book universe, there's an event <laughs> that would work perfectly for this. He's like, just so, so happens. Yeah, what a coincidence. <laughs> that actually happens a lot with us. We're like, what a coincidence. This just happens to be perfectly lined up. So. Yeah, and then we basically, at the start, I was just like, absolutely not. Like, I can barely write at all. I can barely find time. Like, I'm just like struggling to stay afloat as it is, just with momming. And then, but you know what? He's very convincing. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, well, we'll try. And he started, and it's almost like as soon as he pitched the pitched like this kind of idea, I'm like, I thought of a story. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I like, started writing it. And then he just started going. And then like we started getting one story out after another. And he was kind of just like, yeah, yeah, just go. And then all of a sudden he picked a deadline. And then again, it was just like at this like panicky, like, you're a crazy moment. Yeah, deadlines <laughs> make everything kind of, real, right? Yeah, it's actually like I know like a lot of people talk about how the how writing is like so solitary and stuff and having an accountability partner is someone's just like <laughs> we're gonna release it this date like that was like really like that did it mm -hmm. <laughs> and then um 
Yes, I mean, it is great for that. And just kind of having someone to like, who's fully invested in it and like doing like a co-author, obviously you both like are working on each other's and bouncing ideas off of each other. So yeah, we had a deadline. And then basically I, I was still very like on the side, like his cheerleader for his comic book company. But <laughs> we were there, we got to this one story where we kind of like merged our two stories or our like two sets of stories together. And the timelines weren't quite lining up. So I had to rewrite this one story. And it kind of got to the, I, I kind of got to the end and we were brainstorming again. And he's like, this is a comic book character. And just like, neat. What does that mean? <laughs> basically, I'm like, what do you want me to do with that? What do I do with this? this is, yeah, because this is basically, I was going to have like do a project with him and then get back on the sidelines. I'm like, okay, yeah, you go do your comics. I'll go do like, pretend I can know how to write novels. So uh, was that points of uh, villainy <laughs> and points of uh, virtue? Yeah, that was the one. So uh, can you give us a little bit of a breakdown? That That's a really interesting <laughs> book because you guys took the stories and kind of put them backwards, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I know that he's talked about it a bit. So it's a, it's like a flip book. So it has 16 stories and there's like kind of eight really dark stories where we each wrote four and four. And then you basically, it's like kind of like, like almost like the tragedy side of it. And then you flip it over and it's kind of like the not comedy side but like the hopeful side i suppose like it's still both sides are still really dark like they're both very like horror thriller kind of stories and then yeah and like they're that's like flip book and it's kind of all circled around the event which happens in the asap universe which is basically where all of like the storylines kind of come from like there's like this big catalyst and there's like the before and the after and all that stuff so this was like the event so it's kind of a glimpse into that and it's like 16 different stories of just 16 very random people and like how they experience it and they're not super super able superly abled or anything like that so mm -hmm. they're just like the ordinary people just experiencing the extraordinary i suppose so you it, it, uh, it also appears uh, that you had another uh, publication that came out during uh, ASAP's first charity anthology, which uh, was your first gig as the editor-in-chief as well, uh, correct? Yeah, so I actually was, I didn't start it as the editor-in-chief, but I kind of ended it as that. Because <laughs> it was basically, it was like a huge project management thing where, again, like Hades had this idea, we wanted to do a charity, and he picked dyspraxia as the charity because that's near and dear to his heart with his son has that condition. And... Yeah, it was basically we kind of just like put a submission call out there and we had a whole bunch of people submit and we were able to take a good chunk of them. And there was just a whole bunch of great stories and it was just an open theme. So it was just horror fantasy and sci-fi and we had a good mix of people and we had a good mix of people who'd already written stuff and about half were completely new. It was their first publication. So it was just really fun and I snuck a story in there and worked with that. Uh, we had like a whole bunch of people who volunteered their times with our editor and our cover designer and yeah it was it was like this great little it was our first charity book and everyone got their stuff out there and now it's become something that we want to do every year in different formats and different charities and stuff so yeah, That's that was awesome. kind of the moment there was a lot come together. And it Speaking was of like, Hades, hey, you want to be EIC? Speaking of Hades, like, though, ah. uh, we have uh, ASAP Imagination over on YouTube saying Lori is the best tag team partner ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Hades. <laughs> so uh, we also uh, have a really interesting book uh, that uh, I think uh, did it re already release the babies uh, with rabies at ABC Survival Guide. <laughs> No, so that one's coming up soon. So that one's like, that one's a little outside of ASAP. That was like this personal project. And it's just something that, again, it was, I wasn't 
I had I was gonna go the traditional publishing route because I did kind of start in novels and like traditional publishing before I switched over to comics. So I like queried some agents and stuff, and it's just like it's pretty inappropriate parenting advice. So I can and it's like I don't like target audience. Like it's not a typical children's book, and it's satire and like not it, there's not a lot of people that want to represent that. Yeah, <laughs> so I yeah. think and I think that's kind of the beauty of indie though, where it's just like when you want to self publish, you basically can just test out your like wild ideas and your mm -hmm. niche ideas and just put something out there and it doesn't matter like if no one else is going to champion it you get to do it and you get to do it your own way and like and that's kind of the same thing we do at ASAP where it's like because we're small and because we're a little tight-knit group of people we're able to just basically champion people's stories because self-publishing is hard like it's, there's yeah. a lot of work like it's so nice when people sign you up and they're like here's my story it's like give me a budget so <laughs> go do the marketing <laughs> like give me a not that you're not that you necessarily get a huge paycheck with some of that but it's like just you kind of sit back and kind of hope whereas like we our whole thing with asap and like that's why we created the any one world platform which is the creator owned platform where people can submit their own stories is basically to help people it's just like it's it's hard it's hard doing mm -hmm. it by yourself and not, it's hard to put it out there and like we're new too and it's just a big we're all just helping each other and doing the best we can so it's and that was kind of the same thing that like perspectives was that um, the charity anthology and that has kind of started it all like it's just kind of 16 strangers and all of a sudden we're just working together to promote this book and raise money for a charity and that's so cool it, though yeah it's just like it's it's really cool it's really cool how tightly knit people can become in this little like it's like yeah we're all friends but like you start to build a family and stuff too so <laughs> it's, well i it's mean really fun it's, that it's way. different too because like the friends that you make doing this like th these are friends you made like following your passion and i think that's almost different than friends you made like just growing up you know what i mean because like these yeah, are people you yeah. could be like yo i'm making a comic they're gonna be like no way like let me support you when like friends from high school are like oh i don't care about that like it's a oh, whole yeah, different yeah. playing field yeah all my like all my friends that i kind of made my offline friends is kind of what I tell them. <laughs> like they're just kind of people that you like happen across like you happen to be at school together you happen to be mm -hmm. the job together or like they're a friend of a friend so you make a new friend but like you don't necessarily have a ton in common, especially as I find as you grow up and you develop different interests, but finding like an online writing and comic community was like invaluable. And suddenly I have all these people who care about the same things I do. <laughs> Whereas yeah. a lot of people care about me and are supportive of what they do, what I do, but they don't necessarily care about the what <laughs> as much is kind of how I think about it. So, so it's nice having we, uh, that little community. Before we dive into, uh, what we're here to talk about most. Uh, I, I I am curious, what all goes into your role as uh, editor-in-chief uh, for ASAP Imagination? Like, how's that role for you? You know, what what do you typically do? And, you know, uh, I guess, um, what all does it entail? Um, it's a bit of a mix. I'm actually, I kind of doubt it's probably the stereotypical, like, what other editor-in-chiefs do, kind of. Because I kind of, am, it's a bit of a jack-of-all-trades. And I think the Hades and I both have that. Like, we both have our kind of roles we play and like, all that stuff so like I find that I'm doing a lot of like working with the creator own stuff and kind of contacting people and going through submissions and reading stories and kind of being so it's, it's like a bit of an acquisitions editor in a way and kind of looking for the potential and looking for mm -hmm. the the problems and the fixes and stuff like that so and it's working with a lot of creators and like a lot of our stuff that people submit is comics and so it's kind of I've had to 
had a bit of a learning curve and kind of especially with writing my own comics like like the, the one that one that I got coming out of, I was brand new so I'm having to learn a lot and then I kind of apply to what apply what I learned to some of these other people who are coming in new and so yeah it's just it has a bit of like a project management vibe if anything like I'm not necessarily I'm not the typical editor. I don't have a whole bunch of editing certifications and stuff. I just kind of still have to Google like the various tense of lie and lay. And yeah. <laughs> like Something's just never stick in your brain. But that's why there's manuals and <laughs> all that stuff that help you. So you don't have to just keep that in your brain. But yeah, it's just a big mixed bag of stuff. And it's like, I used to do a lot more of like graph, like the digital graphics and marketing mm-hmm. stuff. But then we had someone who kind of came on who was better at Photoshop and stuff than I was. So it's kind of just wherever I'm needed. And I have a business background, which like <laughs> helps that it doesn't. I end up with looking at a lot of contracts and not that I'm a lawyer at all, but there's a, uh, yeah, it's just like a wherever, wherever I can yeah, yeah. feel a need basically. So, <laughs> so how was it's a, uh... a mix. How was uh, the transition from, you know, your traditional like sense of writing to writing a comic script? Uh, you know, what, what was that like for you? Uh, were there any challenges you had to overcome? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because so, like I I was like so intimidated by it at the start. And like I had read some of the comic scripts that Hades had sent me about from his comics. And, like so I had an idea of like how they go and like formatting and stuff. But I kind of had to learn stuff and he was mentoring me. But I was like pretty <laughs> reluctant. Like, you know, when something something's kind of new and intimidating so you just mm-hmm. kind of avoid it as long as possible <laughs> and, then, and then you're like oh, now i gotta do it so yeah, let's do so it it's like okay okay i need to like actually do this and finally like i was trying to do it in like the classic like script and panel layouts and finally i'm just like and you put this aside for a second and just like right get the story out and so originally like sister Grim was, was supposed to be a graphic novel and then we kind of chopped her up into more of like the four issue miniseries so originally i just had peeped out a graphic novel essentially and then I but I kind of had it like vaguely like panel dialogue panel dialogue basic mm-hmm. descriptions so now I'm kind of having to go back and just be like okay what does this actually like look like on a page and like what like yes the panel is these two talking but like what else is there <laughs> like where are they so it was like it was almost very much like a bullet point script and then I kind of had to go and slot it in and it's interesting because you have to like because you're confined to like your page limit and stuff so it's like like typically when you're writing regular stories you typically it seems like you have like a word count range whereas this one's like you gotta do it in 22 pages yeah yeah <laughs> and then, and panels and then too. it's yeah and it's just like you need this you can't have too many panels you only need like i guess you can have too get yeah, few panels to some extent but, but like whatever the story needs right but i and then there's i know like for for this one for the first issue of sister grim i know that i needed one like because you know how you have to do the page reveals and I had one, it was like all, it was classically on the wrong side. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> how, do, how do I get this on the other side? <laughs> so, how do we get here? <laughs> yeah. And then I ended up, at, yeah, I ended up at, like, I was just like, oh, and when the page I added at the time just felt like, like, oh, is it just filler and fluff? And then, like, when the artist did it, I'm like, oh, it's emotional. This page actually is probably like one of the best pages now. So I'm like, this is great. But it's, yeah, you know, so for- it was just, for uh, <laughs> for for me, like if it just seems like uh, when writing like a graphic novel, uh, and then going to like a comic, you lose like that ability to have like s- the the inner dialogue from the character. Uh, you know, when you're reading a book, you can like you you have that sense of what the character's feeling, what they're you know thinking, uh, and then you almost have to like I wouldn't say dilute it, but condense it uh, a lot more yeah. for comics. It seems like that that in itself would be such a challenge. 
Yeah, well, and I know with like, so this first issue is very much, it's so that there's two main characters in this like whole story and there's Lily and Bennett and Bennett doesn't really make an appearance till the end. So it's very much just Lily and I was kind of, it was very text light. <laughs> and I was kind of, and when I was writing, I was talking to Hades, I'm like, do I need to have narration here? I feel like it's a lot of just like art and like not a lot of text. And I know like personally, when I read comics, sometimes I, I like them to be a little more, a good amount of text. So it feels like you get, like it slows you down, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's so you start to feel like you're spending more time reading a comic and you get more value on it. And he was just like, you could, but he's just like, but let the art tell the story. And so I've ended up kind of not leaning towards the narration thing. Cause obviously you can put the little boxes of them in like, and speech or uh, thought bubbles and stuff everywhere. But kind of just was like, okay, let's just, let the artist tell the story and it ended up being like great the artist did a fantastic job and I think the emotion and the mood comes back comes through so yeah it was a bit of like kind of like the taking the leap of faith and just kind of trusting I guess that the artist and that's kind of what the whole what comics are it's like you're you're like sure I came up with the story but it, I really rely on the artist to convey the emotion and the story through that like even though we're working together like you it's definitely a team <laughs> like you can't like one doesn't exist without the other no absolutely we have oblivia over on twitch stopping in to say hi as well so speaking of uh the artist uh can you give us a little bit more about the creative team involved with this and uh, yeah I, I i loved uh the way they told the story like uh the the preview image i seen um it really adds that horror element when you don't have words and you just have like just the art like letting it you know show what's happening yeah, and like I, I, I didn't send you any with text. I think I think I just sent you the final colors. So I think it, you no, actually I think there was stuff I sent you there actually. So the one is on uh, the the picture we have uh, <laughs> on the image slideshow is the I think they're at the morgue and the peeking around the corner. Uh, so so yeah, so is yeah. that page? Yeah. Oh, is there supposed yeah, to be text yeah, okay, on it? Yeah. No, no, no. So that one that okay. one's complete. <laughs> so yeah, and I think that like you have those moments where like you have to kind of like look for all the nuance and stuff and i and like i love the color palette that we we kind of decided on and like the artist did a great job and he has this kind of like surreal watercolor feel to it so it's really it just really suits the mood because it's kind of kind of like melancholy and eerie but like mm -hmm. beautiful and like because it's basically like this whole kind of issue is about this kind of loss of who you were and trying to figure out who you are now and the whole time she's trying to like figure out if her family's still alive and all that stuff so like there's this like there's like a lot of loss and darkness and sadness mm -hmm. in this but then i threw in threw in bennett which he's just like witty and reckless and <laughs> so you gotta gotta lighten it up and add a little bit of humor and he's kind of that so you're not just reading this being like i'm so depressed <laughs> yeah the so. uh the, the concept of sister grim is uh, about lily connor's waking up in a morgue having no memories of the last three months uh, since the event uh, and that's the event that you're talking about that happened within the asap uh, verse right the the world yeah, yeah. So and so she appears in Points of Villainy, Points of Virtue, and she actually appears in two stories. She was kind of the the story that connected to the two sides. Like the first story is told from her daughter's perspective, who's six, <laughs> and then the other side is kind of her. That's them fleeing London, and she's a doctor. So the second story in Points of Virtue is her going back to London, and because this all takes place in the UK. You said she's and a then doctor. It's, yeah. Is there so, any, uh, she, excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but is there, no is there any uh, symbolism behind her being a, a doctor and then waking up in a morgue? 
there is a lot of symbolism. <laughs> like it wasn't like that's kind of like how it all happens. Like basically, mm -hmm. she had like uh, like a little spoiler here on the points of uh, virtue. Like her, her main story, like she's going back to London and she has this run in with like the physical form of death. Okay. And like and it's she's kind of being haunted by like her past and stuff and base and this comic basically picks up except three months later from that because she like doesn't have her memories and so like picks up like in the morgue in a hospital and that's basically she's after she's had this like death experience and kind of like how it's affected her and she has these like new abilities that mm -hmm. she's trying to deal with and stuff that are very opposite <laughs> to what she used to do <laughs> so and obviously the comic's called sister grim so it's not yeah. like a huge surprise like what <laughs> her abilities might be but we kind of kind of want to keep it keep people guessing a little bit mm -hmm. of like what all their powers are going to be so i i love the way you set off the story too i mean just the overall concept is really intriguing it almost gives me uh 28 days later vibes like where he wakes up in the hospital and there's like the zombie outbreak and he has no idea where he's at and he like you no know, i actually haven't seen that and i, I, it's I love based zombie the UK, movies but I they think. terrify me at the same yeah. time so i like have to like build up to watch them <laughs> yeah i want to say uh that one was actually based in the uk uh if i'm if i'm not mistaken uh, no, i'm gonna have to watch it <laughs> But yeah, it could be like that. <laughs> so, uh, what type of influences uh, can we see within this, though? I mean, what what uh, inspired you to to create this story? Um, I don't know specifically <laughs> what inspired it. Like, I know, like, because it came from points of villainy, points of virtue, and we we're just writing short stories. Like, I like to say that that story is kind of like they're very like Ray Bradbury esque. Like, they're kind of sci fi. They're kind mm -hmm. of paranormal. And they make you think and they kind of have that horror element and vibe. So that was probably the influence for her. Um, into the comics and stuff, I think it's kind of, it's a bit like, I, like I, I don't want to be like that kind of kind of person who's just like, oh, but just put myself in the story. But like, it, there's definitely a bit because like, it's like her family and like, it kind of deals with like some depression. And mm -hmm. I kind of mentioned that like, <laughs> Lily's like my, she's my depression and Bennett's my coping mechanism for my depression so <laughs> so you kind of have like so like I have a bit of that of, and then I just like like kind of like favorite creators and stuff like when I was mm -hmm. writing novels or when trying to write novels uh, uh V Schwab she writes these like dark fantasies and I think she probably had some influence and then once I started reading um getting into comics and stuff like Watchmen I think that was like that big kind of key moment for me where I'm like oh this is what comics can do so obviously like and I haven't read all their, his other stuff but like I've seen like V for Vendetta and stuff mm -hmm. so like Alan Moore obviously is gonna have some kind because I know like he's kind of considered like basically the guy who kind of made comics more adult yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it wasn't so targeted toward <laughs> kids like they're like these are a lot of like adult subject matter now so I'm sure he was an influence there too but I don't know if I can. <laughs> Sometimes when I start talking about comic creators, I'm like, oh, I don't know enough about them to like <laughs> feel like I can talk about them with like authority or anything. But no, hey, yeah. uh, you're, I'm I'm the podcaster here, and I'm in the same boat. Like I'll, I'll like people start talking about, and I'm like, okay, Alan Moore, like Watchmen, yes. Anything outside of that, I'm like, oh god. Oh yeah. Uh, let me get on Google real yeah. quick. Uh, we have uh, Mad Mani Art uh, over on YouTube stopping in to say hi as well. All right, so right here is the pre-order of, and I put that in the the link. The, excuse me, I put the link in the comments for everyone to check out with us. So uh, right here is issue one of Sister Grimm and just a little bit look 
at the cover. I love uh, the art in this. This is gorgeous. What was some of your inspiration uh, for, for this design? Um, we kind of basically just went a little bit with the opening scene and obviously there's like this, there's like this grim reaper vibe to the whole story and mm -hmm. there's, death is a very common theme in this because of <laughs> who she is and what she experiences and stuff. But then again, like we just, um, we found this artist and it basically got connected through another one of our artists and he just had this vibe, like, uh, Nicolas Dieto, like he, he's just great and he had this like, some of his stuff is just really beautiful and it's kind of gritty and stuff so and then we kind of again almost accidentally cut settled on this cover or maybe at least to me it feels accidental i'm sure it was very purposeful from him <laughs> but like kind of settled on this color palette and stuff and it just like like i said it just kind of has this mix of like dark and beautiful is what we're going for and like but a little bit gritty and stuff so like these kind of got like his like artistic sprays and stuff and it's just it just really suits like the whole mood of her story and so yeah it's really it's really sweet and then yeah and then it just kind of this is basically <laughs> the morgue where she mm -hmm. wakes up so <clears throat> so any uh symbolism behind the jane doe uh or was that something the artist threw on there just for a little flair um no it's just, so she doesn't so it's basically like because she wakes up in the there is. Okay, okay, we, we don't have to spoil anything. I was just like, oh, I'm about to get into a huge ramble here. It's just like, but she does wake up and like she has this like toe tag and mm -hmm. it just basically has like a Jane Doe thing. But yes, there is symbolism. Okay, okay, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. If you don't want to spoil anything, we don't have to. I'm good at fishing for that, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't feel do... like I'm spoiling anything because it's like in the first like page. <laughs> so. <clears throat> so what we could do now is. We will transition into uh, the new writer that you guys just had uh, join ASAP Imagination. Yeah, so this is through the Anyone world, and we have a whole bunch of creators who submit their comics and their novels and stuff to us. So far, we've had mostly comics and graphic novels that have been released, but this is a new guy. Um, his name's Simmer Sandu, and he just released his debut comic yesterday, which oh, is pretty exciting. That's exciting, it's, yeah. And he does the story and the art, which is always super fun. I'm always very envious of the people who can draw their own comics. <laughs> so yeah and it's that's his first one and it's just it's great and it, it's all like black and white and it's horror and it's fun it gives me a bit a little bit of the oh no now i can't think of what it what it is there's like this like you the uk one with simon mm -hmm. Pegg when he's a cop hot buzz it has a little bit of that but like less humor i suppose like but it has like the like kind of story and stuff kind of gives me a bit of that vibe at least in issue one so. i'm loving i'm loving the black and white i think uh horror done in this style you, you could really emphasize a lot um i'm loving yeah. the name to meat machine it just it's, it's such a catchy name yeah yeah it's good yeah i'm excited for it. i'm excited for him like it's so like like my favorite part of being the editor-in-chief is just working mm -hmm. with people and putting their stuff out there like it's fun working with people who are aren't new to this and are a little more seasoned and stuff but like there's something about working with new people and i know like with my artist for sister Graham, like he's new too and it's just like yay it's our first comic <laughs> so it's like and, and, but like it's always awesome when you're like producing something new and so i'm so i'm so excited they have that giddiness it's stuff. like in it's like infectious yeah, yeah. almost right or, yeah, like it motivates sure. you right yeah, for sure. So it's always fun doing something new, but it's fun carrying on with people. Like I know with like Hades and stuff, like Liam mm -hmm. and I, like every time we have get something new come out there, like we did it again. <laughs> you have to take a moment and remember to celebrate Hades. <laughs> there's, so, there's a lot to do. There's, there's always well, something to do next, but 
we'll go ahead and just kind of scroll down through some of the other uh, books available right now too. Uh, Birth of Golden Arm, Chapter One. Yeah. yeah, Eddie, this one that one came out last month, and it's another another newbie who did all of his own art and story. And then we have uh, Origins. Uh, this one is uh, from Shane, right? Yeah, and he's out of Australia, which is pretty fun too. Because like I love the whole like online world where it's like mm-hmm. it's the pandemic's kind of like a double-edged sword where you're kind of a little isolated from people but in a weird way it's kind of opened things up because everyone went online to find some connections so this guy's out of australia so we i love this too this is like three different over. stories in one too right yeah i think there's actually four there's kind of like a prologue as okay well. <laughs> i gotcha we have a uh, paul no- uh, nolan over on youtube her story is fantastic introduction to the character so uh, I'm not sure if maybe Paul is uh, one, one of your followers. Um, oh, yeah. So and he's actually he's actually if you scroll down, you'll eventually see his name. He's got something coming out with us okay, later, okay. probably next year. But yeah. So, yeah, the, there's a really good like origins is basically the or um, the origin stories of like three kind of siblings and like how their power and their powers and stuff. And so there's a whole bunch of kind of spinoffs or not. I don't know. Spinoffs the right word, but basically kind of each is going to get their kind of own series. And then we have uh, Dog Eaters. So uh, this was uh, Malcolm, right? Yeah. And he's living in Tokyo. So he's another Yeah, you guys have a diverse like, <laughs> yeah. category yeah, of writers. Yeah, uh, we're, riders. We're all, like, we, like we got a good chunk of the US and North America, which always kind of seems to be <laughs> a thing. But like there's a, and then Lance is from mm-hmm. the US and stuff. And he was, was the, his was the first graphic novel that came through us. Yeah, we had so, Lance on uh, not too long ago. This I, I loved going over Bob. It was such a really interesting concept yeah it's it's good and i love it because it's like he's got like um it has like it's very cartoony like it's not so realistic drawing but like it's dark Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i love it and yeah and it's like beautiful with all the blues and stuff like yeah yeah total total kudos to his arts total kudos to all the artists really like they're all very good at figuring out how to tell their stories and then right here is paul nolan uh apes is it did i say that right yeah, it's just AIPS, but <laughs> oh, cool. I, in my head, I call it apes. <laughs> and then yeah, Mitch, Mitch is another that I see uh, on Twitter all the time. Mitch Larkins, another yeah, yeah. Uh, familiar name. Yeah, all of these ones right now are novels that are going to be coming out. Um, no, I'm Stan corrected. Some of them are novels. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then we have like a few kind of behind the scenes people in the works. We got more comics coming. Like we just always have people submitting to us and we're that working so awesome. hard to get stuff out. And we're going to have another charity thing come out soon. And so we're we're busy. We're busy, but we're always looking for <laughs> more. We're always looking for more work because it's always mm-hmm. fun working with people. All right, let's go ahead and we'll get this removed and go back to our main screen. So... After after uh, going through all of that, for anyone that is on the fence about pre-ordering Sister Grimm, what would you like to say to them directly to kind of just push them over that bump? You know, what's the importance of uh, pre-ordering this issue? Um, it just gets to be like you can probably have it in your hands faster than I do because like I'm in Canada, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe you get them all first. And you get to hold my comic before I do, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just fun to like. I know my parents really like. Oh well, should we like order the issues or should we wait till all four of them come out? Because eventually there's there's four issues that are gonna come out be 
collectively released later. I'm just like, well, obviously you want all of them and the digital version. Like, gotta collect them all. It's very Pokemon, Pokemon style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why uh, didn't you just have all of them? <laughs> four issues though. So uh, is that going to be the conclusion to uh, Sister Grimm, or is that kind of the conclusion to the first arc? That's the conclusion to the first arc. It's basically kind of like this is basically the arc behind this is like figuring out letting go of who she was and kind of accepting who she is and accepting with quotes okay <laughs> basically like it's yeah it's kind of just maybe maybe um acquiescing <laughs> to, <laughs> to who she is so, so yeah it's, it's gonna be fun do you have anything uh in the works outside of sister Grimm, or is this kind of just your main focus for the time being um babies with rabies it's the other things i'm not 100 percent. i'm still kind of working on when my books are going to come but i'm releasing that through my own website so that's lacunningham.com and that's i it's going to be the fall i was originally hoping for summer but have, i had made the mistake of having another baby so <laughs> life is busy and then with all there's so much stuff going on with asap and obviously releasing comic and all the other great creators mm -hmm. and stuff so it's very much fun finding the time to do things and it's busy and then with the pandemic things are just slower so it's take so i'm gonna have to probably push it back to fall but it's gonna be coming out soon i have a comic con i'm going to in september i'm kind of hoping that everything just magically happens right before then yeah. <laughs> so i can just <laughs> take all the stuff there so but that'll be fun it's my first like comic con kind of selling stuff and as a creator not just an attendee so mm -hmm. That well, that is really too. exciting. Uh, do you want to give a shout out where where it's going to be, or is that something oh, you want? To... Yeah, no, no, yeah. It's a, it's so it's the Edmonton Expo, and it's in uh, September seventeenth, eighteenth, sixteenth. I think it's like I I can double check that, but it's around there. If you just Google Edmonton Expo. So it's in Canada. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. That's awesome. So I appreciate you coming on here, breaking down Sister Grimm, breaking down more of ASAP Imagination too. I always love getting the chance to kind of hear more of like what uh what it's about and like what all goes into it it's, it was awesome to hear it from the uh editor-in-chief's like uh perspective too yeah, it's fun, fun to come talk <laughs> so uh before we wrap up things uh completely though i always love asking one question because as much as this is a podcast where it's a nice you know promotion for you and your book it's also a nice little learning tool for anyone who might be new like a new creator a new artist or a new writer uh and so with that being said, for anyone that's struggling just getting started uh, with, you know, a script or an idea, what type of advice would you give them to kind of help them push through that, you know, that initial bump of just getting going? You know what? I think that I think one of the main things I had to learn was just like I kept waiting for myself to be good enough to do something. And I know so I kept like not putting stuff out there. So I'm like, oh, it's not ready. I'm like, oh, I need to learn this first. Oh, I should read this craft book first. Oh, I should read these comic books and learn from the masters. And I think at some point you just got to put yourself out there. You just got to put it out there and just like honor who you are in that moment. And you're like, this is the best I can do in this moment. And sure, you'll get, you probably will get better. And you might look back on it later and just be like, oh, I shouldn't put this out. But you know what? I don't think, I don't think you need to do that because you just basically did yourself the service at that moment in time. And if you just believe in it and just, just be like, yes, this is good enough. <laughs> this oh, is the is best awesome I can advice. do at this moment in time. Because I think anything that's creative, you're just... You're never going to get to a point where you're like, I am the best I can be. I think there's always room to grow. So you're always just going to be better. And like, if you just wait for some weird line that you need to cross, I, I don't know <laughs> if you're ever going to cross it. Essentially, you're just going to keep pushing it further. Yeah. And there's always going to be that next target. So my advice is just do it. Just put it out there. And I know once I met Hades, like he would kind of had that same thing where he's just like, 
gave me a deadline and I'm just like, oh, that's so quick. Like we won't have time to edit it 200 <laughs> times <laughs> like, and, and overthink everything. I know he bugs me for overthinking, but it, but that, that's the great thing of like, mm-hmm. again, working with someone else is like, just put it out there and just like, see what happens so that's that's definitely my advice for that <laughs> no I, I really love that because the thing is like uh you know if you find yourself waiting uh you're missing out on that experience that experience is what would make you get better uh it is just by doing yeah. it that's that yeah. uh that's perfect we have lance actually stopping speak of the devil uh stopping in to say awesome welcome lance how are you doing and then <laughs> mad money art uh saying that's great advice i really think so too Lori. once again thank you so much for coming on uh breaking down sister Grimm and everything in between this was such an awesome conversation guys if you are watching the pre-order is in the comments we're going to drop it down one more time so you guys have the opportunity to check it out let me pull this up real quick I, uh, I forgot I closed out of it uh, to pull up uh, the uh, the other links. Hold on one second. An awkward pause right now. <laughs> you know, the, the, the beauty of it is, though, uh, I could just edit that out post-production. So Perfect. here is the link to pre-order. If you guys are watching, be sure to check it out. And if you're unable to pre-order, always share it. Word of mouth is free. It's it's essential. And you might have a friend that might be interested. We had Baron Von DC just bought it. Looks great. Baron, thank you for stopping it and pre-ordering. Awesome. <laughs> well, guys, this is us wrapping things up. It is a beautiful, beautiful Friday. I hope you have a fantastic day. But most importantly, keep it geekly.